Hey, I'm Andy. I'm Andy. And you're listening to the HMO Podcast. Over 10 years ago, I set myself the challenge of building my own property portfolio. And what began as a short-term investment plan soon became a long-term commitment to change the way young people live together. I've now built several successful businesses, I've raised millions of pounds of investment, and I've managed thousands of tenants. Join me and some very special guests to discover the tips, tricks, and hacks, the ups and the downs, the best practice, and everything else you need to know to start, scale, and systemize your very own HMO portfolio. Now. In today's episode, I'm going to share 10 pieces of essential property advice that I would give my younger self to help me achieve more in less time. I'm going to reflect on the last 15 years of being in this game, all of the things that I've learned, the trials and the tribulations and the struggles, and I'm going to package it up into 10 pieces of advice that I would give to my younger self. So if you're just starting your property business, or perhaps you've already started it, but you want to do things more quickly, if you want to do them bigger and better, today's episode is definitely one to stick around for. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. We've also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Okay, welcome back. So today I'm going to share 10 pieces of essential property advice with my younger self. The sort of advice that would help me do more, but in less time. Now, why have I waited until now? 15 years of being in this game to record this episode. Well, the honest truth is, it wasn't up until very recently that I really thought I'd earned the right to actually record this episode and share this information, even say it to myself. But if you listened into last week's episode, you'll know that earlier this year, I sold one of my businesses. I successfully exited that business after sort of seven or eight years since I founded it, went through all the pains and struggles of building a business and eventually sold it earlier this year. And that was a process that has taught me a huge amount alongside everything else that I've been doing in this industry. And I felt like it gave me a lot of context, stuff that I could really reflect on and learn from. So that's exactly what I've done. I've spent a few weeks doing this. And what became really clear was that there was some fantastic advice on that paper, advice that I wish I'd have known when I was a little bit younger. And of course, it's advice that's going to help me insurmountably as I continue to move forwards and build my property businesses. And I thought, you know what? This would make a great podcast episode. I think that this could help everybody in our community. And that's exactly why I'm sharing it with you today. So I've got 10 pieces of advice. Let's get started. The first thing that I would say to my younger self is, and I would sit myself down and look myself in the whites of the eyes and I would say, Andy, this is going to be a lot harder and take an awful lot longer than you think. So strap in and don't be impatient. 
I am a very impatient person. I still am, but I've learned to manage that impatience and balance it out. I think to an extent, a degree of impatience is fine. It's sort of been a driving factor for me, but I've definitely made bad decisions out of impatience. Frustrated through lack of results, through people not doing what I think that they should be doing. I've made decisions emotionally. I've made decisions in haste. I've made decisions for short-term benefits and discarded actually much bigger and better long-term benefits if only I would have waited. So that is the first thing that I would say to myself. And I bet there's a lot of you guys listening today that think, shit, yeah, I could probably do with a dose of that myself. I'm pretty impatient. I can act in haste quite often. I'm often looking for the short-term solution. And because property is what it is, very capital intensive, things move at sort of a glacial pace, it's easy to be frustrated and impatient. Even for the most patient of us, (laughs) property is a very testing industry. Okay, the second thing, the second piece of advice that I would share with myself is think bigger, much, much bigger. When I was just getting started, I wasn't thinking beyond one property, maybe the next property. I was never for one moment back in, what was it, 2010-ish, 2011, I was never for one moment thinking that this was going to be my future, I was going to build some successful businesses. I don't want to sort of be too crude with anything, but I was a physio and I was earning a certain amount and what I'm able to generate now is significantly different. I never for one moment thought that that was going to be possible. I didn't think I had the skill, the knowledge. It didn't happen to people like me. I just thought it was something that would be useful on the side of my professional career. I thought it was something that I would enjoy and it was and it was never more than that. But As I've grown and as I've got older and as I've achieved more and learned along the way, I've realised the importance of thinking bigger, the importance of setting big goals. And sometimes it is that sort of shoot for the stars and land on the moon kind of thing, and that's fine. But it forces you to do things quite differently. It forces you to collate your resources and efforts. The truth is, it can take the same amount of time and effort and energy to do something as something else that might generate three, four times the results. And sometimes you've got to be really candid and really honest with yourselves. And again, that ties into the first point, actually, or the first piece of advice. And don't be impatient. Sometimes you've got to kind of wait and build and do things for a bigger result or a bigger opportunity. And not every time, there's definitely a combination, but certainly the second piece of advice is think bigger, think much, much bigger. Now, I think really, really, really quite big. But compared to some people, it's probably still tiny, of course. And look at Elon's plans, we're going to Mars. So it's all relative, but for me, think much bigger. That would have helped me so much. Number three, there are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. And that's actually a quote from Colin Powell, but it's so, so, so true. We see it all the time, don't we? The secret to success, the secrets in the HMO industry, the secrets to building a successful portfolio. There are no secrets. I promise you there are no secrets. I've been doing it long enough. I would have found them by now. There are no secrets whatsoever. Preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. It's really, really that simple. I think that that would have given me the confidence to just get out there and just do it. I was always prepared to work hard. I probably wasn't putting my efforts in the right place. I probably could have been much better prepared. I am much better prepared with everything now going into projects, new business deals, ventures, whatever it might be. But I think back then I thought you needed a stroke of luck, a stroke of genius, and actually that's just not the truth at all. Preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. The fourth piece of advice that I would share with myself is that time is the most valuable asset that you have. So protect it at all costs and honestly, 
leave work sooner. I left, I think, work in 2016, around the time I founded my business that I recently sold. I could have left well before that. And actually, I should have left well before that. I know now, looking back with hindsight, that that would have been a smart thing to do. Leaving work, it forced my hand. It kind of made me get out there and, and make stuff happen, really. It was an incentive. It was a driving force. And I really responded quite well to that. Now, perhaps not everybody would, but I think most of us would. We're in this industry. We're building businesses. Most of us are hungry for it. We're entrepreneurs. So protecting my time, the most valuable asset that I have, the most valuable asset that you have is incredibly important. How many of us say yes to too many things? How many of us are sort of staying in a job because it's comfortable as opposed to because it's the right thing for our future plans and our property business? There's a balance. I'm definitely not telling anybody to leave their job right now. But what I am saying is, certainly as far as I was concerned, I should have done that much sooner. I should have got my time back because that was the most valuable thing that I had. And I would have done much better. I would have achieved much more in a much shorter space of time had I have done that now. The idea of not protecting my time now is so alien. Everything I do, I'm time conscious. Everything that I say yes to, I agree to. I'm very consciously looking at how that will impact my time, availability to my other businesses, my other ventures and other things that I've got going on. Number five, then the fifth piece of advice that I would give to my younger self. Property is a people business. This is where all of the opportunities are. Nobody told me this. I learned this through the years and really through the results that I made. Nobody ever told me the value that people sort of brought to building a property business whatsoever. And I'm not just talking about JV partners, sort of people that you can learn from, people that you can hang out and just find support and motivation and encouragement from, guidance, people that can put you in front of the right people, door openers, people that can potentially invest with you and lend you money. Or for so many reasons, people is one of the most important parts of this business. For me, property is a people business. There is nothing really that I would have achieved had it not been for people. If I go right back to my very first property, actually, it was my uncle. My uncle was there to support me. He was a builder. He knew the trade. He did it all before. So he was there to help me, to guide and support me. It was still very, very difficult, but I probably wouldn't have done it had it not been for him. And it wasn't until recently I sort of realized, actually, yeah, that probably was the enabler for me. Founding businesses with business partners, finding investors who enabled huge things to happen that never would have been possible without them for all these sorts of reasons. Property is a people business. This is where all of the opportunities are. So you've got to prioritize things that will help you meet the right people and get yourselves in the room with the right people. The sixth piece of advice that I would give to my younger self is trust, but verify. What do I mean here? Okay. I am naturally a very, very skeptical person. I'm not easily persuaded. I'm not very malleable. But some other people, and I think it is an endearing quality, are much more trusting, much happier to follow the lead of somebody else, to take their word for gospel. I made this mistake on a few occasions, but fortunately not too many occasions. But there are a lot of people out there who will tell you what they want because it suits them, not because it's the best advice for you. And it's a really difficult lesson to learn. And when we're talking about property, we're often talking about huge amounts of money, things that take a lot of time, big decisions that can really affect our lives and the direction of our business. So trust but verify. There are a lot of people out there talking about property, experts in property, 
everybody's got an opinion and not everybody's wrong. It's okay to have different opinions, in fact. Somebody's experience may lead them to sort of forge an opinion of something in a very different way to somebody else who's got a very different experience. You know, I'm really biased on student stuff because I've had a really good experience with student lets over the last 15 years. Some people have had a bit of a nightmare. Now, I could probably argue that they've probably not done it the right way and we've probably done it in a different way, but we shouldn't just take anybody's word for gospel. Trust but verify. It's so important to go and get evidence. There are people out there who will rip you off. They'll claw your eyes out. So make sure that your eyes wide open, put the work in, do the due diligence, all of that stuff. Number seven, the seventh piece of advice that I would give to my younger self is this. Access to finance is the key ingredient. We're talking about building property businesses here. Prioritize it. So beg, borrow, steal, save, add value, force value up, recycle cash through everything. This is the fundamental of investing in property, right? None of us came into the world with anything. We're often sort of scraping the barrel to buy whatever we can to pull refurbs together. That's the nature of it. I'm a few years ahead, but I'm still doing that on every single project. Don't get me wrong. That is still the case. It never changes. The goalposts just move. You try and do two projects, three projects. So you do slightly bigger projects, but you're always sort of really taking it down to the wire. Access to finance is the key ingredient. And there are lots of different ways to get finance on the table. Make sure your credit rating's really good. That means you're lendable. Have good relationships with the banks and work with good people who can put the right lenders in front of you. Save. Be really ruthless in saving. When I started work, I was actually pretty good at that, putting savings aside because I knew that I wanted to buy a property. A lot of people, honestly, are not very good at saving. It's amazing. Just putting even a small amount over a number of years can really help you. It actually can be the difference of getting started and not getting started. People really don't save that much money. Force the value up. Try and find ways and solutions to adding value to properties. Extend at the back. Convert the garage, go into the loft, rewire, replumb, new kitchens, new bathrooms, all of that stuff. If you're going in and trying to do really light refurbs, and honestly, I think that, sorry, but homes under the hammer is part of the problem here. Going in and doing a six grand refurb and expecting to add 30, 40 grand worth of value, it just isn't the case. There was a period of time when that may have been possible, but that was when the market was actually going up in value. It wasn't because anybody was really forcing the value up. It was primarily because the market was lifting the value. That kind of, that tide was rising and all the boats were coming up with it. So make sure that you prioritize access to finance. It really is the key to unlocking everything in property. The more finance you've got access to, the more deals you can do, the bigger the deals, the more deals you can do simultaneously. And that's what this game is all about. Number eight, the eighth piece of advice that I would give myself, pipeline everything. I'm talking about my relationships with people. I'm talking about potential opportunities to buy deals or take rent to rent projects on. In fact, it's impossible to tell you how many conversations I've had or viewings or negotiations that I've had that have ended up going nowhere at least initially. And in some cases, there's been weeks, if not months of work put into that. And then out of the blue, months, even years down the line, somebody sends an email or somebody picks up the phone and all of a sudden that opportunity is back on the table. And because you had those conversations then and did that work and built that rapport and that relationship is there, it puts you in a really great and probably the best possible position you could be in to try and renegotiate something. I have done so many incredible rent-to-rent deals over the years because we pipeline stuff. I went into so many properties. I met so many landlords. 
I offered on so many things and I was rejected so many times. And it's really disappointing and disheartening at times. But one thing that I did do, and I wasn't conscious that I was doing this, but one thing I did do and gradually learned to do more of and prioritize more is I protected that relationship. I wasn't frustrated with them. I was always really honest with them. I stood my ground when my best offer was my best offer. I was really solid on that. So that means when they came back, we had a really good base to work from. They knew where I was at. They knew that actually there was a point that I would still say no, that was the way that I worked. And it made it really easy to negotiate and it made it really easy to do business. And subsequently, I did some great business with people because of that relationship. It's the same with buying stuff. There are so many things that I saw didn't get it at the time, they fell through, and then they came back several months later, even again, years later. And because of that relationship, because of that work and effort and time that I put in, they trusted me and they were happy to work with me. And in fact, they probably wanted to work with me and us as a business. So pipeline everything. And I mean, quite literally, write it down, keep notes of everything. It's so valuable. If you get an email from someone that you may not have heard from for a few years. And if you can just look up some notes and think, ah, oh, right, yeah, this is how we left it. This is the conversation. Ah, oh, okay, I remember them. Yeah, they've got a couple of kids that got a place in Spain. And, and that makes people feel like you've actually taken the time to understand them and understand their values and understand what they want. And that is just a much better platform to do business from. Pipeline everything. The ninth piece of advice that I would give my younger self is this. Cash over capital. <laughs> Property is an interesting one. It really is capital intensive, right? We know that. We need large sums of money to buy property. And often at the end of the deal, even if we have added a lot of value, a lot of that equity is sort of getting sucked back in. It's staying there as that residual, that long-term deposit. Property just sucks capital, doesn't it? It just requires a lot of money. And it's a really tough business to grow because of that. Now, what I didn't realise was just how much of a problem that this would actually be trying to build a property business. I thought, buying a property would just kind of make money and then it would be sort of a bit easier to buy the next one and the next one. And to a degree it was, but not because it gave me more money, put more money back on the table. Eventually my capital just got sucked up more and more and more and more. And right now it is actually quite difficult in the market to really pull a lot of value out of projects if you want to hold them and refinance them. So how do you bridge the gap? Okay. Well, for me, it's cash. And I wish that I had have known this. I wish someone would have just sat me down and said this to me when I was just getting started. Cash over capital. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I've done a couple of episodes on what I would do if I went back in time and had to start again from scratch, or if I was starting again, even with £100,000. And I've always said I would start my rent-to-rent business again. And that is because it's a very, very good, very powerful cash flowing model. That cash you can generate can then be drawn down and transferred over to my asset building business, property buying business, my investment business. And that sort of feeds it. I can still do all the good stuff in my property buying business. I can try and add the value, try and recycle capital. I can borrow private finance to help me along the way. But if I've got cash sort of getting churned out of a business, I can just pull it over and pump it straight into my asset business to plug the gaps, to plug the shortfalls. Those deals where I don't quite have enough to pay my investors back, that would have allowed me to do things so much more quickly. And it didn't take that long to build my rent-to-rent business up to £10,000 a month. £10,000 a month is actually a really useful amount when you're building an asset vehicle. Now, I'm not saying rent-to-rent's right for everybody. It's not. It's a huge commitment. So please don't, just from this very short piece of advice, go and decide to start a rent-to-rent business. I've done a lot of stuff on that before, and actually we've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up on rent-to-rent over the next couple of months on the podcast and inside the HMO Roadmap. But you have to really think about whether it's right for you because that is a management business. But 
the advice is cash over capital. If there is a way that you can generate cash from any sort of a business, perhaps you even got a business first and foremost, that should be your focus. Build that up, generate that cash, create that income, that recurring stream, and then use that money to invest in your property business to help sort of plug the gaps in your property business as you're growing it. Number 10, the 10th piece of advice that I would give to my younger self. Oh, wow. There are so many occasions when I just, someone should have just shook me and said this to me. Andy, stay in your own lane and don't worry about what anybody else thinks about you or what other people are doing. I think so many of us are guilty of this. Now, I have honestly got to a point where I, I really am not that bothered about what anybody else is doing. I still love to see people doing great things. I'm really interested to see different ways of doing it, but I don't see someone doing something really great and feel envious or jealous or I wish you know, that, that I could do that. I'm really, really happy in my own lane. I think I've found a place where I'm really content and it's not because of what I've achieved. It's because of the process of achieving it. I genuinely, thoroughly love the process of building the businesses and buying the assets and converting them and making the deals work and everything in between, or I like to colour in between the lines. That for me is what this is all about. And that's allowed me to stay in my own lane. I haven't been distracted. I haven't been pulled off course and I've gone into serviced accommodation or done something completely different with the HMO roadmap because I've seen other people doing things differently. I've been really clear on my, what my goals and objectives and values are, and I've just stuck to that. And I think that that has stood me in really good stead. So there we are, 10 pieces of advice that I would give to my younger self that I think would honestly help me achieve much more and in a much shorter space of time. Let me recap. The first piece of advice was, Andy, it's going to be harder and take a lot longer than you think. So strap in and don't be impatient. The second piece of advice, think bigger, think much bigger. The third piece of advice, there are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Number four, the fourth piece of advice was that time is the most valuable asset that you have, protected at all costs, and for me, certainly, leave work sooner. The fifth piece of advice, properties are people business. This is where all of the opportunities are. I still thoroughly believe that. If I look at the stuff that I'm doing now, the stuff that I've been able to achieve, JP's been on the show so many times, my mentor, my shining light, when stuff just has not been going well, it's kept me grounded the whole time. My business partnership, Mark and Mike and the commercial Terezi stuff that we're doing. I run the mastermind with Jade at B Space. I do all of these incredible things because other people have helped me and enabled me to do them. Number six, the sixth piece of advice was to trust, but verify, do your due diligence, ask for evidence, proof. Don't be afraid of doing that. Don't just take anybody's word as gospel. The seventh piece of advice was that access to finance is the key ingredient to building a property business. So prioritize it, borrow it, beg for it, steal it, save it, add value wherever you possibly can and do whatever you can to recycle cash out of your deals. It's so, so, so important. The eighth piece of advice was to pipeline everything. The ninth piece of advice I would give to my younger self was that cash over capital really is important and should be the priority. You know, build a business that generates cash first. I promise the rest will follow. And finally, the 10th piece of advice that I would give to my younger self, stay in your own lane. Don't worry about what other people think or do. Just do your thing and just do it really, really well. There we go, guys. I hope that that advice helps you. I know that this sort of stuff is kind of going to stay with me forever. This is going to help me continue to build my businesses, build them better. I have no doubt at all that I'm still going to make mistakes. There's still going to be a lot to learn. And I think in 10, 15 years time that this list will have definitely extended and it might even look a little bit different. It might be in a different order. 
But I really do hope that you can take this and help shape your own property businesses. I hope that this gives you the confidence that you need to go and do it. I hope for a lot of you that it gives you the confidence to say that you're probably doing it the right way. Don't worry if you feel like that. That's probably normal. It's fine to feel like that. So there we go. 10 pieces of essential property advice that I would give to my younger self to help me achieve more and do it in less time. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Now, don't forget that I'm on hand over in the HMO community. If you haven't already joined, we're seven, nearly 7,000 members strong now. It's an incredible place to find guidance and support, to find advice, motivation, enthusiasm, encouragement, all that good stuff. People are sharing projects. People are sharing interesting stories. So if you haven't already joined our free group on Facebook, come and check it out. It's the HMO community. It's really that simple. Of course, if you want to take today's advice, but really level things up, you need to head on over to the hmoroadmap.co.uk. That's where you'll find everything you could possibly need to help you start, scale, or systemize your HMO property business. And don't forget that I'll be right back here, of course, in the same place next week. So please join me then for another installment of the HMO podcast. (laughs) 